the CM Life Sports Podcast, Maroon and Bold. My name is Taylor DeSormo, the sports editor at Central Michigan Life. I'm here with Andrew Sermer, our assistant sports editor. How are you, Andrew? Good as always, Taylor. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. And we have a special guest today, Liz Jackson, who's a senior at CMU. How are you, Liz? I'm pretty well. How about you, Taylor? Doing pretty good. So um, why we have Liz in here um, is she has picked a bracket like many other people in the United States, but she has a little bit of math behind it. And she, You know, a lot of people know bracketology, but... You go a little bit further, right? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yes. And you have, so what are your different in uh, your formula than what differs from other people's formula? Because it's not like this is the first time someone has come up with a mathematical equation for this. Yeah, definitely. So from what I did for my research, a lot of other models that have been done looked at the tournament as a whole. They wanted to see what factors are most predictive to make a team from the first round to the final. But what I did with my model is I looked at each round separately and said what variables are significant in the first round, round of 32, so on and so forth, and into, into the championship game to see how that changed from round to round. So, Liz, you, you did this for a project, is that right, for, for, um, for school? Yes, I did this for my honors capstone project. Okay, and you're working with an advisor, kind of. How long did this process take, would you say, and how much work went into it? I came up with the idea last semester when I submitted my proposal, and then I started working on it over winter break. The first six to eight weeks were primarily data collection. It was really gathering all this data from 30 years, which definitely was pretty time-consuming. But after yeah, doing what, that... I'm so, what, what was that like, the, the actual number crunching? Was that just a headache, or is that something you really enjoyed? doing the number crunching i liked gathering the data was a bit stressful it was hard to find because it's not like all the data is in one place especially finding all of the rpi rankings from 30 years ago could be a bit of a struggle but luckily i found a few um, good and consistent data sites that gave me a lot of information okay so you are an actual actuarial science major yes so does that relate to kind of what you've been doing with this project yeah so my major is a lot of math and statistics so it's kind of like an applied analysis of what i'm doing it's neat because Although I never really think in my classes that, you know, making models and using all these statistical things could be useful. It's interesting to see how I can actually apply it to something I'm interested in, like basketball. Okay, cool. Do you have any kind of dream job as it relates to basketball at all, or is it something else? You know, I plan to work in the insurance industry as an actuary, but definitely being a sports statistician is always going to be a hobby of mine. Awesome. So when did sports come, I guess March Madness in particular, when were you like, I I love doing this, I love sports, I want to use the math side of it in with sports? So I grew up in a household that loved sports. All of my parents and my brothers, we all were huge sports fans. So when I had to do my capstone project, I knew I wanted to do something with sports statistics. I was either thinking March Madness or picking against the spread with college football. But I saw with March Madness there was a lot more data out there. And also I thought it was interesting that even people who don't follow basketball closely still get into March Madness, and it really draws a wide audience. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, so we're going to get into it in a little bit, kind of who you actually picked. Um, Talk about some of those close picks. Um, and maybe some of those maybe you haven't gotten right so far, how you're doing overall. Um, but to start, I guess... Um, I have a quiz for you, Taylor, actually. <laughs> you got a quiz for me? I have a quiz for you. Go for it. Okay. Seed is only significant in what round? Um, I think according to Liz's research, I, I read up a little beforehand, I think it's the first round. Okay, ding, ding, ding. All right. One All right. Of that, that's good there. All right. Um, let's see here. Uh... Yeah, yeah, what kind of questions do you yeah, have? Yeah, so what, what types of variables are most significant in the later rounds of the tournament? Um, I believe, was it the coaches, how much experience they had? Yes, absolutely. Wow, and, look at that. In doing, right. my, in doing my research, one of the most influential things in the later rounds of the tournament was the coach's experience in the tournament and the number of Final Fours he made it to. Number that's of Final Fours, okay. I couldn't even formulate a question. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's good. 
That's that's all the quiz that, I have for you today. That's all the quiz it is. That's all the quiz that's I have for bad. you today. Um, I kind of hope my Spanish. But I, I thought I was going to trick you on some of those. Like <laughs> I would not expect that. Um, yeah. In all honesty. So how do you even start a project like this? There's so many different things you can do. You, I know you said you went through 30 years of, of research. So did you just look at like the seeds for each one? How much? Like what are the, the different variables that you looked at to start? So the main thing I looked at was my first thing was looking at previous studies and seeing what has been done and what can I learn from that. Mm-hmm. And the main thing that I liked, I found one study that split the variables up into four different categories. So there was ranking variables, which is things like seed, strength of schedule, wow. RPI, things of that sort. Mm-hmm. And then there was historical variables. So the number of times they've been in the tournament, the number of final fours they've been in, number of championships. Then there were season performance data. So how did they do that season? What was their field goal percentage, free throw percentage, the number of assists they had in each game, things of that sort. And then the last one were the coaching variables. So how long has that coach been with the team? How many final fours has he gotten with that team versus in his total career and things of that nature. So when doing this, I kind of looked at it category by category separately and then at the end combined it all together. Okay. So when you were picking your bracket last year before doing all this, how did that differ from what you did this year when you ended up finally making that official bracket? So last year when I did it, I think I tried to look a little bit into it. Like I said, I've always liked sports statistics. So I tried to look Uh up a few things uh, Mm -hmm. like – you know, their wins and maybe their RPIs, how their ranks changed throughout the season. Mm-hmm. But this year was definitely a lot more in-depth. But the difference with this year is that I tried not to make my guesses biased, even though in my heart, if I said, I really <laughs> want to make this pick, I really want to pick Stephen F. Austin to win, mm-hmm. um, I was like, I have to follow my model and mm-hmm. choose what the model picks to truly make this an unbiased model. Right. Um, so who, who, in your original model, who'd you come out as a champion? Was it North Carolina in the original model? Yes, I had North Carolina is what my model predicted. Okay, for yeah. Um, you know, the coach has been there for a long time. Oh, it's Roy Williams? Yep. He's been there for, for a long time. I can see with, with that. Uh, what, the number one seed, so the seeding helps mm-hmm. them. But what else makes them so attractive to win the, win the whole thing? I think something else is that North Carolina has a lot of seniors on their team. Oh, wow. and that, So their seniors have a lot of experience. They also have a really deep bench. They have, I think they have 11 players that play consistently wow. throughout their season. So the fact wow. that they have a lot of consistent players who've played a lot and they have a lot of experience, I think, will really carry them well through the tournament. Okay. If, if you had to analyze CMU's men's team, how <laughs> what, kind, what kind of factors would you say make them the weakest? I think CMU's men's team... It can really go, they're very streaky. Uh, we kind of live by the three, die by the three, hence uh-huh. the name 3MU, which can definitely help us and hurt us at some times. Mm-hmm. I remember watching their last game of the season against Western when we were up by 20 points and then fell, which was truly a heartbreak. So I think mm-hmm. our team definitely has a lot of talent, but sometimes it's just the streakiness and overcoming the momentum that can be a big challenge. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So when you talk about like the model, who, whoever it's picking, does it give you like a percentage like, for this team or whatever. Yeah, so what my model does is when I ran the analysis for all the previous years, it showed, okay, these are the most significant factors, and these are, you know, their coefficients for whatever it is. So Mm. I would ran it for this year, and it gave each team a probability that said, okay, this team has this probability of advancing to the next round. And so Mm. then whichever team had the higher probability is the one that I chose to advance. Wow. So did the top eight seeds, were they all favored to win over 9 through 16 in your model, or was it not necessarily that? No, not necessarily. A few of the upsets that my model did predict was it did have Gonzaga over Seton Hall pretty strongly. So, yeah, I was excited to see that one. Um, (laughs) It also had VCU... Uh, winning and mm-hmm. it actually showed Michigan winning over Notre Dame. That was a very close pick. So I was sad to see that it didn't quite out, quite quite come out the Me way too. it planned. Me but, too. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so it was definitely interesting to see that it didn't always pick seed. There was actually two variations of my first round model: one that included seed and one that did not. <laughs> when I actually applied my model to the past two years and saw mm. that when I didn't include seed, it was actually performed better in the first round. Really? So this year, I decided to use the model without seed, and it got two more games right than it would have without it. So, <laughs> wow. okay. yeah. 
I do not trust seed. <laughs> so, Sarma, I think you, you had Michigan, too, didn't you, in the yeah. first round? Well, yeah. I had Michigan in the first round, the second. Um, I, had them in, I had them in the championship game. Uh, uh. And I had them beating Michigan State, obviously, as so, a, in the semi, a, a, a good-humored bracket that I filled out <laughs> here. But, um, yeah, I took Michigan pretty far. But... I took UNC pretty far. I picked the uh, the Indiana upset. Mm-hmm. I picked the Hawaii, uh, Wichita State, Northern Iowa, who they should have won. They should have beat uh, Texas A and M. They did win the first I round. That one, but they they won the first round. But I'm guessing the U of M um, pick was very stats based for you to win the whole thing, right, Serma? Uh, I mean, <laughs> mathematically speaking, it was just complete bias. So whatever, <laughs> whatever math, math math is in that. But um, mm-hmm. now Michigan State's loss. What what kind of what anomaly is that? that? Yeah. yeah, what's what's going on? Yeah, with from State's what loss? I saw with the research, it was less. I mean, Middle Tennessee had less than a five percent chance to win that game, oh, which no. was pretty incredible. Um, they actually showed it as the third biggest upset like that's ever happened in the tournament. Really? So yeah, what, it was. What are, what are the, uh, the top two? I remember the number one was Norfolk State over Missouri. They had less than one percent chance to win. Oh, wow. So although Michigan State, they say is probably the best team that's ever lost in the first mm-hmm. round, they say it was a bigger upset with Norfolk State because they did not have a very good regular season and they just. Mm-hmm. Happened to win their tournament and then somehow wow. still also upset the number two seed. That's so, pretty cool. So how far did your model have Michigan State going? My model had Michigan State in the final four, so okay. it did hurt a little bit. But I had them in the final, okay. so that's better than what I had. <laughs> so what were some of the other upsets that you weren't expecting in the first round that maybe kind of bummed you out a little bit? Some of the upsets I definitely didn't expect were I would really say the Hawaii upset was one that I really didn't see coming. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that one definitely surprised me. Another one that I actually predicted, my model didn't predict, but I somehow really could feel that Stephen F. Austin was going to win. Really? And the past two, two times they've been in the tournament, they've come so close to winning, and they've won every game in their conference for the past two years. So, <laughs> yeah, they're, wow. a really, they're a very strong team, and I was actually sad to see them lose their game the other night. Uh-huh. In addition... Uh, the Bale, or the Yale. Yale upset, yeah, was actually one that I was initially surprised by. But looking back, seeing um, it seems that the Ivy League schools actually do pretty well in the tournament uh, historically. I always pick Ivy League, yeah. except always, for this year. Except for this year, it's the one year <laughs> the I did not year. pick Ivy League because yeah. I was like, oh, it's not Tommy Amaker, it's not Harvard, so yeah. it's not, Yale's not going to. But mm-hmm. I, I usually say high Ivy Leaguers uh, at least yeah. for, for the first round. Yeah, it always seems that Ivy League shows up to play, so it's definitely interesting too. So, so how would you say your bracket is doing at this point? Maybe even compared to your bracket last year, would you say? It's, it's doing any better, or is it still March just rips it to shreds? I would say the first round definitely took its toll on my bracket. However, yeah, I still have too. three of my final four teams left, and it really seemed, especially with a lot of these games, that either team could have won. There wasn't really a clear favorite, and it seemed that my bracket was really on the downside of a lot of those, So, like such as the uh-huh. USC and Providence game, the Northern Iowa-Texas, some of those games that came mm-hmm. down to the last shot in my bracket, which is kind of on the, the negative side of that. Were a lot of the models like 55-45 or something like that? Yeah, the USC and Providence game was actually one that was in, within 1%. Okay. Uh, the Notre Dame and Michigan game was within 3%, so some of those games were really, really close and did end up being close, so that's yeah. very interesting. Definitely. Now, you said that it was your your upset bracket, kind of like your, you know, yeah, whatever bracket. That's actually doing the best so far for you. Um, yeah. Now, when you picked that, was that just literally, I'm going off of the opposite of the numbers? Yeah, so for that one, we were actually doing a different scoring system. We were okay. doing one where you get rewarded for each round has a different point. So like the first and second round were one point, second round two points, and so on and so forth. So it's that point number times the seed that you pick to win. Mm-hmm. So therefore, you get rewarded for picking these big upsets. So I said, okay, I'm going to pick Yale. I'm going to pick Hawaii. <laughs> right. I still didn't even then pick Middle Tennessee because I really thought there was no way. <laughs> right. But yeah, and so then in the first round, I found that my upset bracket did do a little bit better. So that, I thought that was mm-hmm. very interesting. Okay. So we mentioned at the beginning that something that makes your study unique compared to others 
is that you, um, between each round, you'll kind of go in. Well, will you keep go- changing it between each round, or you just have a different predictors for each round? Yeah, I just have different predictors for each round. So beforehand, I looked at, okay, here, let's look at all the first-round games that have been played in the past 30 years, and then see which variables are significant. And then, mm-hmm. okay, of the teams that won those games, what were significant in the round of 32, and so on mm-hmm. and so forth. So yeah, each round has different predictors. So we have the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight round coming up this week. What are two things that were high predictors for you um, for from what your stats found for this weekend's game. Something that's very predictive is the number of Final Fours that a team has made it to in the past, as well as the number of Final Fours that a coach has made it to. Additionally, the total number of wins, as well as the SRS ranking, which accounts for average point differentials and strength of schedule, those were a few of the strongest predictors for this Week 16. Okay. So if I put you in the spot with the the eight matchups coming up, would you be able to tell me who, who you think is going? Yes. All right. I can give you my picks. All right, so let's start with um, in the South region, number one seed Kansas, number five seed Maryland. Who are you, you putting your money on? I still have Kansas. Rock Can- Chalk Jayhawk. Kansas. <laughs> All right. Kansas. Um, the other matchup in that region is Miami and Villanova. Villanova. Villanova, the two seed. Miami. Yes. Yeah, oh, oh. it's not I'm a bad Miami. Villanova always seems to somehow, you know, go down in the tournament. Yeah. Last year when they lost to an eight seed, I still kind of lost my faith in them. So They always have this really nice-looking ranking, but I just don't the, – their conference that they play in, I don't trust it. So yeah. I'm going I'm Miami. Definitely. Everyone I remembers that. the girl with the flute from Villanova. Yeah. <laughs> that was her crying, and that was – that just happens to – Villanova just can't do it. Yeah, either. Nova. Um, moving to the <laughs> – excuse me, the West region, we got Oregon, the one seed, and Duke, the four seed. I have Oregon winning, although Coach K always always puts up a tough fight. Okay, I'm with I'm with Oregon in this one. I think that they might be a sleeper all the way. Yeah, I, I, it's tough to say, but something about Duke just doesn't get it for me this year. Really? Yeah. This, this side of the bracket really is a lot of like those teams that were supposed to be there because the other mm-hmm. matchup is uh, Texas A&M the three seed and Oklahoma the two seed. I have OU. Oklahoma. Yeah, after yeah. Texas A&M's last game when they barely made it out, okay. I still yeah. still think Oklahoma. Yeah, they. Definitely. Northern <laughs> Iowa. Should was, Northern Iowa. That was a crazy game. 12 points in 34 seconds. <laughs> yeah. Something yeah. I'll never forget. <laughs> Definitely. So moving to the other side of the bracket, we got the East region. The top seed, UNC. I have a feeling who will be <laughs> yep. picking that one against mm-hmm. number five, Indiana. Yes, North Carolina all the way. All right. And then I'm Bonham. taking IU. IU. Indiana. I'm going to take IU. Mm-hmm. All right. Who'd you have? Is that who you had in your bracket or are you just going with that? I, in my bracket, I UNC winning, but I think, I, I think Indiana, <laughs> they're going to win it. All right. I think I think they're playing good ball. And then the other the bottom part of that bracket is really interesting. Yeah, the six seed Notre Dame and the seven seed Wisconsin. I have Notre Dame winning, although I would not be surprised either way. Wisconsin put up a good showing against Xavier. Okay. And then mm-hmm. Notre Dame. Final <laughs> final region is the Midwest. We have Virginia, the one seed, and ISU Iowa State, the four seed. I have Virginia winning. Okay. Iowa State. And then we have what will be one of our CM Life staff predictions on Thursday. Gonzaga, the 11 seed. Syracuse, the 10 seed. I think they're the only two double-digit seeds to make yeah. it in the Sweet 16, and they're going to face each other. One of them is going to the lead eight. Who you got? I have Gonzaga. Gonzaga's been really hot throughout this tournament. They beat Utah by over 20 points. They I think did. that they're they're on a roll. They're pretty hot right now. I'm going to say Cuse, and I'm going to cite, cite uh, Jim Beheim. <laughs> Yeah. And that's yeah. enough said. <laughs> All right. So that's that'll get us to the Elite Eight. Um, that'll be Thursday and Friday's games. Then we'll have Saturdays and Sundays. So it sounds like you'll have Kansas and Nova. Do you have one of those two that you're picking? Kansas. Kansas. And then on the other side, we got Oregon and Oklahoma. Oregon. Oregon. Mm-hmm. Then we have, um, I think you picked, is Notre Dame you picked? Yes. And then UNC? UNC. And then the last one, Virginia and Gonzaga. 
I would love to see Gonzaga win, and I really hope they do. I'm not sure if they can pull it off, but I'm going to go with Gonzaga just because I hope they make it. Okay. Yeah. All right, so we'll have to see how your picks do this weekend. Um, I think that's this is kind of crazy. So you've been – you were interviewed um, by CMU, and then also um, did you talk to the um, – was it USA Today? Yeah, yeah. Uh, J.D. Sturba, who was one of the public relations – Sturba. yep, who I was working with. Mm-hmm. On this, on the CMU article, he had a connection at USA Today, and so he was able to get me some publicity there. But yeah, it was really great to talk to them and to see my work shown on a national level. That's Absolutely. Awesome. Has anyone else reached out to you besides uh, us three? Or? The Washington Post wanted wow. my bracket, and so it's possible that they'll want to interview me. They said they'd be possibly in contact with me after the Sweet, that, sweet 16. So. That is, that's awesome. Yeah. That is absolutely <laughs> It's pretty great. great. Now, does that make you nervous to have your bracket out there on the national? <laughs> definitely, you know? yeah. It's definitely nerve-wracking, especially knowing that everyone's watching after this came out. You yeah. know, like I said, everyone wants to know my picks, and so it's like, oh, if your picks <laughs> yeah. are wrong, but right. yeah. So it's definitely definitely puts a lot more pressure on. But I don't. Do you know how many brackets are out there? Because I know, like, even in my own bracket, like somehow I'm in the 92nd percentile, and I'm still ranked one millionth. Yeah, in the country, so that mm-hmm. I don't need, I can do the math. That's like at least ten million in yeah. ESPN alone. Yeah, I don't know the exact number, but yeah, somewhere over ten million—a crazy mm-hmm. number of brackets. Unbelievable! Can you imagine <laughs> being perfect? Yeah, that would be. <laughs> I forget what the odds are, but I know it's not very good. It's yeah. like one in I want to say like nine point two quintillion, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> so not taking like seed into account or anything. Some like that. Some number I can't. So is the Powerball higher odds winning than that? You know, probably actually. Wow. <laughs> That's, that that's crazy. <laughs> so, any have you been getting any flack from friends, roommates for maybe some of your picks that haven't gone up to what you predicted? Yeah, yeah. I mean, some of my friends have given me grief. I I told them that the Michigan over Notre Dame was a good pick, but although it was close, it didn't quite come out. And um, I did have some friends who picked the Northern Iowa. I had a friend who took them all the way to the Final Four, which didn't quite happen. But mm-hmm. it's definitely been interesting. My family, like I said, is really into sports. So when Oregon was in their close game the other night, they were texting me. They're always <laughs> chattering me like, "Your bracket's gonna go down," but you know, it's still surviving, still hanging in there. So. It's definitely been interesting. I've definitely been getting a lot of feedback from people on it, but I've really enjoyed it. That's cool. So I'm guessing you've been watching a lot of these games to see how your, your picks have been doing. Yeah. It's been very great as a basketball fan because it's been incredibly exciting, but as a statistician, it's been frustrating and stressful. Yeah. <laughs> Probably a good excuse to watch some basketball, too. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Busy school yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, go ahead, Sirma. I was going to ask if... For the rest of your life, for these brackets, are you going to put the same amount of uh, <laughs> of work into these, or is it kind of just well, you, you have a good vibe for it? I now? think I would definitely con- like want to continue to do this. The fact that I already have so much data already like set up and good to go yeah, is definitely <laughs> definitely a good start. So there's a lot of things I'd probably like to add to it in the future that I'd like to look into further. One of those is like. I guess, player aspects of it. So, like, the number of seniors on a team, like, specific player stats, I guess, trying to figure out if teams really rely on one player to win and how that might impact them throughout the tournament. However, finding I tried to find that data, but it's pretty hard to find from yeah. 30 years ago team, you know, individual team rosters. Mm-hmm. But, that like, those are just a few things I'd like to look more into. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, so, this might be a totally aside thing, but I think it would be interesting to look at whoever is the winner of this tournament, you look at their... Just, not one individual student athletes, but their cumulative team GPA from the start of the tournament until the end of the tournament, <laughs> and see yeah. see if it, if it went down. Because honestly, this has to be one of the most time consuming. Oh, absolutely! If you're going to the championship game, are you really thinking about uh, biology one or you know one ten at ten yeah. o'clock? It's physically draining, emotionally draining. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but that's yeah. just that's an aside. <laughs> so you've been working on this since what you said December. Yep. Okay. So um, from this time that you've had all this um, work put in what, what's maybe something that you've learned the most from it maybe something if you were to do it again if you were to start all over um what are maybe some other things you would do to maybe 
hone in and maybe you'd be able to get a few more right that way. I would think kind of like I said before, like trying to take into account more variables. From mm-hmm. looking at previous studies, I kind of found the ones that were the most important, but now it's like, well, what if I had taken those things into account mm-hmm. and are even taking into account more things that they hadn't looked at yet? So like I said, if I could do it all over again, I would probably try to find more data. However, there's only so much time in a day as mm-hmm. a full-time student, but um, hopefully after I graduate and I continue to work on this, I might have hopefully a little more time. So, What are some of those variables you, you wished you could have included? Did you say that you included like a... Uh, um, strength of schedule or strength of conference. Mm-hmm. That was yeah, I didn't have okay. strength of conference. That would be something else interesting to look at yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. But I did have strength of schedule in there throughout okay. the season too. How okay. many different variables were there that you had? Oh gosh, I would say over sixty. Wow, like there's a lot, a lot of variables. And you, you said you can keep adding to that. Oh or, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. wow. Yeah, those so possibilities are endless. Like on an Excel document or something. Yeah, or you mm-hmm. some yeah. It's, it's all in an Excel document. It's a really, really huge file. But not want to lose that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, like I said before, um, a couple other things I might want to look at were individual player statistics, as well as I'd like to find some way to take into account how a team did last year versus an upset. Like something with Baylor, like the fact that they were upset by Georgia State last year, who was either a 13 or a 14 seed, Mm -hmm. and they got upset again this year by a 12 seed. So maybe trying to look at some trends like that, like something that takes into account whether they won or lost and, you know, how big the seed differential was or something like that. But mm-hmm. it's kind of difficult to find a way to numerically represent that. Yeah, that is kind of tough. Um, hopefully if uh, that trend is true, that Michigan State loses again next year <laughs> pretty early. Yeah, <laughs> Michigan oh be out gosh. then too. No, 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 Michigan's an anomaly. <laughs> how many hours did you say you put into all this? Oh, gosh. A lot. Yeah. I Probably a hundred hours, at least I'd say, like since December. It's, wow. it's a lot of time. It's definitely like having a full a full class. <laughs> so, did you have any kind of findings that you published or anything like that, or that you're looking to publish? I haven't yet, but I am looking to publish some of my work um, towards the end of the semester. I'm going to be presenting at SCREE, and then after that, I'll be submitting my final paper. And but yeah, I do plan on publishing it. Awesome, that's really cool. How, how, what does that product process look like? Is have you uh, looked into that yet of the actual publication? I have not looked much into that yet. Okay. No, right now I've just kind of been focusing on the data, and right yeah. now it's actually my time to almost like sit back and relax. I'd say and. Yeah. Kind of just watched it all fold out. But, yeah, once the tournament ends, I do want to look more into getting my stuff published. How proud are you? I mean, obviously, you must be just pretty, pretty dang proud of, yeah, of, this, of is, this work. This is really, really great. When I did this, you know, like I said, it kind of just started out as a hobby. Like, I enjoyed basketball, but I never really expected it to get this much attention or, you know, this much fame. But it's been really, really great. Although my bracket, like I said, hasn't done as great as I wanted it to <laughs> yeah. this year. It's still been um, really cool to combine something that I love and use it academically and um, also something that can, you know, help other people and that other people are interested in. Lord knows it would help me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you doing the ways with, like, um, like one point for the first round, like double points for the second round, or are you just doing it like one point mm-hmm. for each correct pick? Yeah, so the way I'm sc- like scoring it right now is just like the standard scoring with like one for the second, or one for the first round, two for the second round, and then Doubles so on and so and forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I think that um, definitely puts a lot of pressure on the national champion, which Serma uh, sounds like yours is out. <laughs> yeah. I, know, I got Kansas, so I, I'm still Mine's still into. Yeah. I, I will say that in, uh, was it 2012, I did pick the Michigan-Louisville final. Really? I did pick it. I have photo evidence. Look on my Instagram. Um, <laughs> we got to dig a little for that. Yeah, but it... I did pick it. I didn't pick the winner. I picked Michigan, as always. But <laughs> oh, so um, that's, I got the game yeah. right itself. There so when's go. the last time you didn't pick Michigan to go to the final? Um, when they didn't make the tournament. <laughs> yeah, honestly, probably back in the Tommy Amaker days. I always have one bracket with Michigan going all the way, <laughs> yeah. which is probably not. Right. I wonder how you'd have had Central Michigan if they'd have made it. I'm curious what seed they'd have been. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, be I'm kind of curious about that. Or they didn't give the Mac much, much credit. No. Uh, Buffalo was, what, 14? Yeah, Buffalo yeah. was a 14 seed. And who they have? they had? They had Miami. Yeah, they lost mm-hmm. by seven to Miami. Yeah. See, that was a, 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 one of the game that I almost said, oh, Buffalo looks all, all right, maybe. Yeah. And then I was yeah. like, you know what, Miami. 
I have to, I, have to, I like Miami's head coach. Yeah. So. Did, did you have them very any good chance of winning that game or not really? With Buffalo, no, yeah. I didn't show that they had much of a chance, unfortunately. Yeah, CMU probably would have been in the same boat. <laughs> they do have a new coach, so I can mm-hmm. see that, and they also have um, a low seed, and they lost last year. Yeah, so I can right. see that. There's that's only obviously three of the sixty predictions. But yeah, definitely. <laughs> but uh, I can see where you're, where you're coming from there. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so is it okay if we we have your bracket and we can kind of show people what, what who you're picking? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that'd awesome. be awesome. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna put that up on cm-life.com at some point. Uh, we're gonna have a story on Thursday and Thursday's papers, so people can be looking out for that. Um, anything else you guys want to add before we close up? I don't think so. It's been great talking with you guys today. Yeah, it was really fun having you on. Um, yeah. Uh, hopefully we can sit down sometime next year and figure out my bracket <laughs> um, before I I put Michigan in the final. But. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, thanks, Liz, for your time. Uh, so for Maroon and Bold, this this was uh, Andrew Sermo, the Swiss and Sports Editor, Taylor DeSormo, the Sports Editor. Uh, thanks for your time, and I uh, hope you enjoy the rest of your March Madness. Uh,